0: I mean, I think this morning on the way to shower, I tweeted a blue heart. That was it. And, like, and that's just nice. And the
1: internet went wild. I mean, I don't know if
0: they went wild, but I think one human seeing that maybe just thought, that's nice. Yeah. Like, like, to me, we need to start doing that. We need to make, like, maybe this is the podcast, this is the moment. Like, let's make a call to arms. Like, if you're in a good mood, fucking share it. Mm. This is the Gary Vee Audio Experience.
1: So, uh, we have 25 minutes, and I am so incredibly grateful that you're giving 25 of your incredibly precious moments to Seize the A. And you pretty much embody everything that this show is about. Thank you. I'm very grateful. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I don't know how to squeeze your essence into 25 minutes. You are so prolific with your content and with everything that you do, but I'd love to capture some of the stuff that isn't covered as much on the Daily V and on the channel. So, before we kick off, my favorite question to start every podcast off with is what is the most down to earth thing about you? I think it's hard to humanize people who have such a you know big following and there's a very glossy social media surface which you are already amazing at breaking but can you tell us something really down to earth about you?
0: Well it's funny even the nature of the question makes me uncomfortable yeah so so the meta of the question is probably the most down-to-earth thing about me meaning it's actually what I think a lot about my favorite thing is what people who actually have met me say behind my back. Yeah, that, That's the real answer. I mean, look, the most downturn thing about me is my parents and my circumstance created a framework where I'm unable to hear the cheering. Mm. You know, and so I think one of the reasons I deal well with negative feedback is because of the way I deal with positive feedback. I think the reason so many people struggle with trolls or negative comments or judgment is because they also overvalue compliments. Yes. So I, I, for me, I think it's that I have both of my index fingers in my ears. <laughs> what I mean by that is I just don't hear either. And so for me, humility is the thing I'm most attracted to within myself and in others. And so, yeah, just being uncomfortable with the question, I think, is the most down-to-earth thing about me.
1: Yeah, well, I love that so much. I think in every, of all the content, I mean, what I try to do with each guest is research everything I can about them. There is way There's too a much lot content on the me. internet yes. to avert everything. Yes. But your humility, and even calling, you know, the latest wine company Empathy, yes. that alone is something that shines through so strongly that you Thank have, you. you know, come from, what you call typical immigrant upbringing, mm-hmm. and I, th- I love that it stuck with you the whole time. Yeah, me too, <laughs>
0: me too. I, I think one of the things I most struggle with, you know, I think fame and money and, and awareness exposes people. I don't think it really changes people. And um, I think it really is sad to me to watch contemporaries or friends or acquaintances when they do hit a little bit more awareness or more money, that there is an evolution in their personality. Mm. And I think that, I don't think that's a change, I think that's who they actually were the whole time. Um, So yeah, I'm very grateful that I don't have that DNA trait that makes me think I'm somebody just because I may have some financial or large following success. Yeah.
1: Well, what also is in your DNA is this entrepreneurial trait and this incredible ability to be ahead of the curve and to see, have this intuition that lets you see what other people don't in what the next five, ten years are going to look like. Yes. So in terms of your way to yay, that's pretty much the story of how you got to a life that makes you yay. Take us back to the very beginning, because I think anyone who's looking to you for guidance of how to find what lights you up, and, and our lives, we're expected to have so many different careers in our lifetime now, it's so overwhelming. Take us back to young Gary, like... Born in the Soviet Union. Born in the
0: Soviet Union. Moved to Queens for a couple years. Then moved to New Jersey. Very close to his mom. Dad's working every minute. Doesn't really have him in his life the first 15 years Mm because he just works so hard. 14 years. And then I started working in my dad's liquor store so I got to really know him. But just quickly gravitated towards business, Mm -hmm. you know, six, seven, eight years old, lemonade stands, shoveling snow, (laughs) washing people's cars. Baseball cards baseball cards. You know, all those things. And so much like somebody is a natural athlete or a natural singer songwriter, you know, every time I watch videos of young LeBron or young Beyonce, I always think, Man, I wish my mom I wish there was recordings of me at baseball card shows or behind a lemonade stand at eight years old. There was a natural talent that I had in selling. And so, yes, I, you know, it's so interesting to be in the prime of my life during the rise of entrepreneurship. Mm. You know, it's on a pedestal, it's cool now. You know, it's crazy for me because when I was selling stuff in high school, it was dorky, it was nerdy. It was like, you know, making money was not cool. It It was being good at school or being good at sports. So it's very weird, it's very weird for me to, have admiration or recognize that rappers and athletes and actors and actresses all want to be entrepreneurs now. And so it's, it's very cool uh, in a lot of ways, but I also have concerns about people forcing themselves into entrepreneurship yeah. when I know that it's really lonely, it's really difficult, yeah. and it's just not for everybody.
1: Yeah, well, I love, you know, I was listening to a, um, I think it was two years ago, you were on Joe Rogan, and one of the things you... Pinpointed about yourself that makes you DNA, you know, entrepreneurial to your DNA, not just in aspiration, is that a six year old Gary had, you know, Gary's lemonade stand had multiple venues, and you weren't just the kid that wanted to sell stuff, you were looking more at where you would put the sign to get the most sales funnel towards the lemonade stand. Like, I don't even know how a six-year-old could conceive of those ideas. It took me
0: 30 years to even know that. I was giving a speech and I just kind of was giving my same standard first five minutes of my speech and I just remember it very clear. I just stopped. I'm like, wait a minute. I used to sit I mean, how? I mean, this is just like weird. Yeah. I used to sit and watch these cars drive by and be and literally take my sign and move it. You know, D-Rocks in the background right now filming uh, <laughs> some stuff and. Uh, He got to see me in action this last week in Chicago at a baseball card show. It's the first time I was a dealer in 25 years. And I mean, the way I was moving around the tables and changing stuff and changing prices and signs and angles, you know, that's what I did. And that's what I do in content and on these platforms. The way I think about LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and my podcast and email service and text messaging platform, it's a lot (laughs) of the same thing. It's attention hacking. It's attention arbitrage. And it's not only attention, hey, here's the best part of my table, or hey, here's Instagram, it's also what am I gonna say?
1: Yeah.
0: What's the, you know, what's the language in the sign? What's the copy I'm gonna put? What's the title of the meme? It is something I've always done.
1: Yeah, it's so cool watching your story. How it literally, just from strength to strength, evolved through from six, from your first business at six to everything that you've since touched. So you moved into the family business at fourteen, Shoppers Discount Liquors. Yes, did a little rebrand. Yes, (laughs) and it became the Wine Library. Yes, so a deep love for wine and sales and collecting and collecting. Very big theme
0: of my life. Collecting wine was a huge reason I fell in love with it because I was transitioning off collecting cards cards. it was a big 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 theme of my life
1: and I mean you turned that business into e-commerce before e-commerce was like a word how did you do that I mean how do you firstly upskill without I mean you you went to college you went you know you went through school, but how do you upskill to knowing before, before there's a Gary Vee? I mean, there, who was your Gary Vee, firstly, at your age? Was there, was there a you who was no. prolific in content and no. democratizing? You know, um, you,
0: let me rephrase, I'm sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> actually somebody who I'm very fond of historically is Barbara Walters. I thought Barbara Walters was an incredible journalist and, and incredibly smart about culture and people. But, but I didn't look up to business people leveling up did not happen in school. Yeah, It came in the trenches, in the dirt, and the internet, you know, I had probably been on a computer, on a computer, for less than two hours in my life when I decided to launch WineLibrary.com.
1: Oh my god, I mean YouTube had been like four months.
0: No, YouTube didn't come out for 10 years after that.
1: Oh my gosh! Wine
0: Library TV. Oh yeah, yeah. Was four months after YouTube. This is 1996, ten years before YouTube came out. <laughs> nine and a half. I just inherently understand people. Yeah. Like deeply. Same reason I knew that VR wasn't going to be big in a year or two, two years ago when everybody was going on that bandwagon. I would. Look, I look. I watch. I'm watching what your fiance's wearing. Like that. I literally like. That's what I do. <laughs> that, Yeah, you look great. You know, like like you know, I I look at the haircut he's wearing. I look at like everything. I watch, I watch. I'm an anthropologist. You know, I think if my DNA was slightly to the left or right, I'd be one of those people that goes into the Amazon and for twenty nine years of their career follows redheaded ants in the Amazon. I'm that curious by behavior.
1: Yeah.
0: Luckily for me, well not luckily, for me, the way that's manifested is in people. And then, trends and behaviors around business, mm-hmm. but that maps to how we look at social issues, politics, you know which diseases or issues like why are we passionate right now about plastic straws to paper straws? I'm fascinated by why that's the issue we decide while textiles you know, continue to do enormous damage to earth and we've got people who are yelling about the environment wearing Gucci belts. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. What do you choose to do? What do you choose not to do? You know, why coffee over tea you know, in our culture today? Like just those, kind, I'm always thinking, but most of all, and this is where humility comes in. Yeah. I never think I get to pick. I never get to impose. I don't think I get to say what it should be. And I think a lot of people think that way. Yeah. I watch and just react to what people are doing. Yeah.
1: I love that you just ask the questions that kind of give us the answers rather than like just hammering answers down our throat. You invite conversation and you use your platforms to really get us to think about. I'm an anthropology nerd as well. Like, I did law arts, but I did all my theses on like studying what people do and why they do it. It's why I find like war history in the USSR. Like, all that stuff is so interesting. It's
0: huge to me, right? Like, I leave a place of of communism, I go to a place of capitalism. You know, I'm I'm also driven by gratitude. I genuinely think if me and my grandfather, fathers, both of them for that matter, switch spots. I'm the one who spends 10 years in a communist jail. They're the ones who get accolades in the current world. So, you know, I'm driven by gratitude. Mm. Like, just completely and utterly driven by
1: gratitude. Yeah. I was um, adopted from an orphanage in South Korea. Same thing. Came here, I was like... (laughs) It could have been so different, which means so different. every second is like, make the most of every opportunity that there is out there to, 100%. to use platforms Adver- to share these stories. Adversity at a young
0: age is an incredible foundation of success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You
0: know, you and I had to live our whole lives once it started becoming aware to us what our circumstance was, understanding like, thank God. Yeah. No matter what was hard. No matter if it was hard being, for me, in a, a family that was trying to make its way and and it was a struggle early on or for you having to think about like the dynamics of being adopted or uh, mm. no matter how hard it was there was still a part of your brain mind that understood there was an incredible luck and great gift that was given which creates an really interesting framework of just ambition mm. you know gratitude just a good mix of things that tend to work out
1: yeah so things have worked out so incredibly well for you with that drive and like intuition from building the family business. I think it was $3 million to $60 million mm-hmm. through just taking it over. Then VaynerMedia in 2011, founding it with your brother. You've got Ask Gary V. You've got The Daily V. You're like literally the most prolific content creator in the world, which is absolutely incredible because you use it to inspire you know future generations to think about what they're doing and not just be on this conveyor belt of achievement, which is what Seize the day is all about. Instead of seizing the day all the time, you gotta find your joy and do what matters to you.
0: I'm on a I'm on an incredible mission. An incredible mission to redefine the North Star Mm. from financial success to a happiness conversation. Yes. I really believe it can be achieved. I'm flabbergasted by what has transpired over the last three years in watching a lot of young alpha males convert in front of my eyes from guys that would do cliche dumb shit in their 20s <laughs> with girls and money yeah. to ones who talk about empathy and kindness and gratitude. And it is not lost on me that I am taking the gifts that my mom and dad gave me and I'm giving them to the world and my happiness framework and the way I treat people is for some reason becoming cool mm. and if, and I'm just gonna squeeze the shit out of that because it's leading to good.
1: Yeah, so how do you, like in that whole anthropological discussion of redefining success from a financial metric and an external validation metric right. to an internal a really yeah, yes. like fulfillment metric, when did you click over? To I'm successful, or, or what does that feel like for you? And you know, imparting to you, you've got two beautiful question. children, like yes. Xander and Misha. Yes, and they, I'm sure, have had their own lemonade stands. What is the metric of success, or feeling, or definition that you want to impart to them?
0: Well, a, it's for them not to feel like they have to the lemonade stand. So, like Misha has no interest in. I'm always like, let's sell slime or this <laughs> and that. She's like, no. I'm like, great, awesome. You do you.
1: Yeah, X-Man's showing a
0: little bit of an ability to flip cards, so that's exciting for me, as you can imagine. But I want them to love their game as much as I love mine, and whether that is being a professor in a college, which would be really ironic and funny, or a sculptor in Egypt, like I, or or a stay-at-home dad, mm-hmm. you know. For me, as long as they're on fire, the way I am, then I've achieved my goal for them. And to be honest, I don't even, even that sentence was funny to me. I I don't even want to impose a single thing other than, you know, making sure they're good human beings. That matters to me and make sure they're not entitled. I have to be very careful of that given the financial circumstances they're growing up in. That's really it. That's it. As far as like when it clicked for me, it clicked in a couple different ways. I remember the first day, literally, God, I'm getting really interesting goosebumps, like different kinds, like inside, not outside. I haven't talked about this day. I got a little emotional just now. The first day of my career, that first day, that first day that I was like, I'm done with college. I will never have to go to fucking school again. (laughs) And I I will never forget that Monday morning in the liquor store. It was the great, it might still be my favorite day of my life. It was just like, I knew I was on the beginning of the thing that I was meant to do, Mm -hmm. which is... You know, be a professional businessman, and so that was amazing. Literally, that day I felt successful, and then, honestly, all the accolades like building up the business, making the smart investments in Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, Tumblr, Vayner, becoming Gary V quote unquote writing those books and speeches, and the the millions of followers. I don't I don't see things like. In that way, I, I'm aware, like when I did Planet of the Apps with Gwyneth Paltrow, Will I Am, and Jessica Alba, I was aware on Apple's platform, I was aware, like, oh, this is cool, like, uh, this is another level up for me in positioning to them. But you said something so incredibly profound. I am so inside. I'm so inside. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm only in internal validation, I'm not in external validation, which looks like a contradiction to the way I roll because yeah. I'm so out there. Um, I almost think that that's why I'm so successful out there. It's because I'm only inside. Yeah, I And agree. for me, there is no winning. There is no smelling roses. One of the things I challenge myself is to get a little bit better at smelling roses, mm. but I'm not even sure that's right because I think the process is the rose. You know, just playing is what I'm up to. I just want to play. So much so that I even like when I lose.
1: That's the best soundbite I've ever had because there's a whole segment called Play T A, which is forcing every guest to stop and pull their identity away from their output because we're human beings, we're not yep. human doings and not be achieving, not be successful and what is the activity that you do? And some people are like, damn, I have nothing. I don't play. I don't play for joy. I literally just go after goals and that's, there's no rose smelling. Like, What yep. is it all about if you're not so, doing that? So for
0: me, it, that gets synthesized a little bit differently. To me... All of it's playing yeah, and all of it's smelling roses.
1: Which is what I love about you because I think people do sometimes try and get this fitting in the boxes. It's a very artificial distinction between work and play. If you are on fire for what you do, it's all work and it's all play.
0: Literally my favorite things to do are going garage selling, buying stuff and flipping <laughs> it on. Like I get this and I've said this often and it is absolutely true. I, I get a much bigger high of buying something for $8 at a garage sale. And selling it for twenty-six bucks on eBay, than I do in landing a five-million-dollar client. It's not even close.
1: Arbitrage. I mean, it's Arbitrage. Your thing. <laughs> It's It's just
0: buying and selling. Yeah, gives me a high that, you know, nothing else does. And so,
1: you've also said something really interesting recently, with, which kind of landed really strongly for me was that it's so important to always have a goal that's not. I mean, followers, financial. If you're always going after that, you can hit the top. But for you, like with the New York Jets, your goal is to own that football team. That's right. But you were like, if I did it, what would I have to to aim for anymore? Like, it's scary to achieve the goal. So you have to tie it to something that will always be to aspire to. Otherwise, if you hit it too easily, like, what's left? And
0: And I think that for me, that's a good point. And I think another thing that's interesting to me is I think you need to have a selfish and a selfless goal, and I think they need to be as big as possible. So I think one of the things that makes me happy is... My goal professionally to buy the New York Jets and then to win Super Bowls should keep me busy (laughs) for 30, 40, 50 years, which is a nice long time. My goal to be the most giving entrepreneur of all time is something that will take me my whole life. Yeah. You know, and it's extremely selfless. Like, I am extremely proud and quite conscious, not just subconscious now at this point, that I am going to impact a lot of people. Mm. And it feels really good admiration is a lot more exciting than a couple extra zeros in your bank account. And so, yeah.
1: And that's why I love this platform so much because when you can show the human side of people, everyone is just a person, that you being just a person but using the incredible impact you have for the positive benefit of people out there in society. It's so exciting. Like, you have made me so excited for humanity. <laughs> I agree. I think,
0: I think a lot of people are confused right now and they see the negatives in social and digital, yeah. and they're seeing people scale hate. What they don't understand is it scales everything. Yeah. And it's on us. If you're so happy, then start putting happy into the universe. Yeah. You know, right now, the people that are most unhappy are the ones who are loudest in their content on social. Nobody tweets, great job, Qantas, on the flight we just took. A a machine just went in the air, landed safely, (laughs) I had a nice coffee, I had Wi-Fi, I bought some sports cards. I don't land and tweet, Qantas, great job, on my flight today, but if it was a three-hour delay and they were out of coffee, the amount of people that tweet, you know, fuck you, Qantas, Mm -hmm. you know, people are unbelievably interesting to me, we stay very, the 98% that are happy are staying quiet. talk about it, yeah. And the 2% that are miserable are loud and it confuses the other 98%. And uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and so for me, I'm putting it, you know, when I, t- I mean, I think this morning on the way to shower, I tweeted a blue heart. That was it. And like, and that's just nice. And the
1: internet went wild. I mean, I don't <laughs> know if
0: they went wild, but I think one human seeing that maybe just thought, that's nice. Yeah. Like, like, To me, we need to start doing that. We need to make, like, maybe this is the podcast, this is the moment. Like, let's make a call to arms. Like, if you're in a good mood, fucking share it. Mm. Like, because because this tiny percentage, and I mean, guys, the reason we are still here all these years later is human beings are remarkably good to remind everybody. We have had atomic bombs that can wipe us off the face of the earth now for 70 years. We're here. We've had... Genocides, holocausts, we've had the black plague, we've had world wars, we're here.
1: And everybody is is
0: unstoppable. And everybody's dwelling right now on a rise of nationalism and hate, which is terrible. However, let's contextualize it. And instead of judging people and calling them racists or bad people, why don't you go loud about good? Instead of getting sucked in To doing more hate Around people who hate Why don't you actually combat it Why don't we learn From Martin Luther King And from Gandhi And from other people in the past Which is You do not defeat hate With hate on hate You defeat hate With love at scale And we all have Our 14 followers Our 1,000 followers Our 8 followers And instead of flexing about your new handbag or your hot new sneakers or the hike you took or the remarkable meal you're having, what about putting out good? What about co-signing somebody that did something nice? Mm. What about watching somebody open the door for an old lady and roll up on them and make a video and tell them about this nice kid? We need to get louder about happiness. Uh, If we all collectively do that, I have a funny feeling the internet will feel a lot more happy.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what this is. There's a little quote book. It's called CZA. It's like the podcast. It's a happy quote for every day. I love that. And people like everywhere just I'm like, share the shit that makes you smile that brings you a yay and that shares it to other people because it's life is pretty awesome. I mean, we're in a really exciting time. It's a great time to be alive. Be excited Four, about it.
0: 400 trillion to one yeah four hundred trillion to one that is the current scientific odds around being a human being. Did you know that? Four hundred trillion to one you are more likely to get struck by lightning ten times in your life than have one. It is the great miracle like that whole miracle concept like you the baby's a miracle it's actually true it's actually true, and so people are walking around moping about their mom being a jerk or their (laughs) their brother stealing their money or Or somebody or their pimple (laughs) on their face or they can't get a new supreme or I mean just or the Gary V
1: is sold out and it was like (laughs) so fucked up or like stuff that
0: I don't know why this specific thing drives me crazy people yelling at baristas for using the wrong milk I mean that to me I don't know what it is about that one you know People literally yelling at somebody. No almond milk, you asshole! They just bought a
1: six-dollar coffee.
0: Like, do you know how blessed you are? Like, <laughs>
1: yeah. I
0: mean, I mean, a
1: nine-dollar coffee, Gary. Come on, respect. <laughs> so, just to wrap up yes. quickly, I want to give a little shout out to one of our dear mutual friends, Justin Dry, and the incredible work that he's doing with Vino. Yes, Vino Mofo. Yes, you are here to launch Empathy Wines in Australia. Yes, which is so so exciting. So, just quickly give yeah. us a rundown on that.
0: So, I started a winery uh, almost a year. Ago called Empathy Wines. The ambition is to produce an incredible wine in the U- in U.S. dollars, a $40 wine for 20 bucks. Obviously, there's some price variations here in Australia. Uh, Justin and I have been friendly for a long time. We only wanted to sell it direct to consumer from winery to people in America. He reached out. We got into a conversation. There's such warm feelings there and admiration. We got into a combo, and Vino Mofo is the exclusive partner of. Being able to sell the wine outside the U.S. in the Australian, New Zealand, and Singapore market, uh, and uh, the response has been remarkable in this marketplace. And it's a beautiful um,
1: rosé, Californian grapes. and the white
0: just came out, and the ah. red, and the red will be coming out in the fall. And so, it's um, it's been an incredible project, and it's really, you know, it's funny when I was making the rosé, I was thinking about an Australian rosé. There's an Australian rosé that I'm very fond of called Turkey Flat. Mm. Uh, and I remember, as I was blending it, the whole time I'm like, I'm gonna make a better rosé than Turkey Flat. I'm gonna make a better <laughs> rosé than turkey and Whispering Angel. Those were the two things I was thinking about. And so, um, it's been a lot of fun, and and the partnership with Vino Mofo has been uh, extremely seamless and completely built built on kindness and friendship and empathy. Um, and uh, and I'm enjoying it.
1: So exciting to see it go live tonight! i you. excited we'll be Thank partying! Can't <laughs> so, wait. two last questions. Yes. What are the three most interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversation? And you're probably the hardest guest to come up with anything that hasn't been on a podcast
0: before. (laughs) I'm remarkably non-confrontational in real life, even though I'm a tough guy on video and stage. Nice. I sleep seven to eight hours a day.
1: No. Yep.
0: Yep. Amazing. I mean, six and five when I travel. (laughs) Uh, And I really don't, I genuinely don't care if I'm financially successful. That's Like, Like, Deeply. Like, almost to the point where I have to be careful because I almost can feel as I'm evolving the want to sabotage myself. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I, like, really have to be thoughtful. Like, I'm really having a very interesting time with myself Mm. where I'm like, man, I really, like, almost, like, like, almost, and I've said it a lot, which means it's like, like, I get into this weird, like, am I going to become like a weird monk and just disappear? Like, I'm... Am I going to go, like... I'm just all about happiness. Yeah. Like, and, and maybe my version of a weird monk is actually to just become a junk and, and baseball card dealer, right? Like just really go there, but I can
1: feel it in me. You're gonna marry Conde yourself. This is maybe, what's next. <laughs> maybe, I'm just a very,
0: I'm a just a, I'm. things are very clear to me.
1: I like that. And part. they have
0: nothing to do with the modern version of success. This is mm-hmm. not about stuff. This is about waking up and not having anxiety. I
1: love that. And final question to finish yep. off. What's your favorite motivational quote? I don't know. It can be a Gary Vee quote. That's also fine. You can make I, it up on I the can, spot. <laughs> I will. And I
0: can tell you like what I think about, which is kindness is karma, right? Give more than you take. And probably wrapping it up, like probably my favorite thing to say, because it hits people once in a blue moon, doing the right thing is always
1: the right thing. Absolutely. What an amazing way to end. Спасибо.
0: <laughs>